Foursquare Church. I want you to know I'm proud of you. You're trying your very best. You're, you're trying, not that anyone's perfect in this, but you're trying to trust in God. You're trying to believe in God. You're trying to love God. You're trying to love others. And I'm just extremely proud of you. Way to go. You know, it's a hard season. Extremely hard. I, I, whenever you want to put the date as the beginning of this season, I don't know. But it's been quite the season. But in the midst of the hardship, seeing God moving. Anybody else seeing God moving uh, in the midst of it, of it all? I mean, if you can't raise your hands on that, you got to open your eyes. I just don't think you're looking clear enough. Because God is moving like never before. And I don't know about you, I'm willing to walk through anything hard if I know God's moving. I got one life to live, and I want to be wherever God is. And if God's moving, that's where I'm going to be. Now, if God isn't moving, and if God isn't here, then, you know, that makes it a whole lot harder. But if I know God is moving, that's where I want to be. And and that's what I love about this church. That's why I love showing up on Sundays. I I just love Sunday mornings. I love what we do out throughout the week because God is here. God is moving. And, again, that's where I'm going to be. And thank you for being here as well. You guys just keep on showing up. I was talking to one of my former employees who's now a senior pastor in the town of Chatteroy, if you know where that is. And he was saying he had called 15 of his senior pastor buddies, and he said across the board they have around 30 to 50% of the attendance that they had uh, pre-COVID. And, and so there's just a lot of churches struggling. As you know, uh, there's been several pastors in our community of Milton and Edgewood that have moved on either retired or just kind of left, uh, and, and it's just been a tough season for many churches. And I just thank you that in many ways this has been a strong season for us here at LifeSpring, only by the grace of God. But isn't it beautiful that we have seen salvations happen here? We have seen radical healings uh, happen here. I was just talking to someone over there that's going to have to share that story. Uh, we have seen God moving in truly supernatural ways. We've seen uh, relationships healed. Praise the Lord, just heard about that this week. Like uh, relationships that were just fissured, fra- fractioned things that were beyond repair, that God is doing a work in those relationships. We've been seeing God move. And, and I heard a story this week that, that really moved me, and I, I just asked her if she would be willing to share. So would you please welcome Lori Arndt to the stage? Go ahead and grab that mic right over here on this stand. You got it. Pop it off right there. Perfect. Um, Many of you know I used to work in a nursing home. And then in February, I um, had to quit because I got such severe vertigo after a surgery that I, you know, couldn't go back. And at that time, I also said to people that, I couldn't go back there because it was so devastatingly emotional, just the things that I saw. I just felt so horrible for the patients and, you know, residents and stuff. Well, in July, my former boss called me and said, would you please come back and just work weekends? We really need somebody. We really need you. The residents miss you. And so I prayed about it, and I said, okay. And then just right after that, the doubt came in of, I'm giving up my weekends. Um, I'm going to be there, you know, every day from 8 to 4 and that. And she said, and I said, I don't know about church. And she said, well, you can go to church first and then come after that. And then on Sundays, 
after church, I want you to lead some sort of religious uh, service there, or do something religious, sing hymns, whatever. I'm like, uh-huh. okay. So um, I went back to work on August 1st, and that's Saturday, and then on August 2nd was Sunday, and I still was uh, up to that morning. I was still not really sure what I was going to do for my service. I had some hymns on my phone that um, I could play with uh, my Bluetooth speaker and everything, and and then when I was sitting here, and I always take uh, lots of notes when I listen to Pastor Dan, and I was sitting here taking notes, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to share this sermon with them. So um, we went, and we can have gatherings of six or seven people, and they've decided that that's you know, more helpful for the people than being totally isolated because they can't have any visitors. Um, and so I, I, I gather the people to come, and... Uh, I said, I don't know what you guys are looking for, but here's what we'll do. We'll sing some hymns, and then I'm going to share with you what I learned at church today, and then we'll sing some more hymns. And they're like, okay. And one of the ladies that I got up to go with us, she has severe dementia. And when I left, she loved to sing. And six months later, the change in her was just startling because with no visitors, her family visited every day, and she was just in bed doing nothing. And I asked the aides, I said, I need you to get her up. They thought I was crazy, but she came. And so I don't sing. I sing awful, but I like to sing. And so, but Doris, she really liked to sing. And so I had her come, and uh, we started singing our hymns. And Doris, who hadn't spoken six months, sang all the hymns from memory. And... And, and another lady who was sitting across from her, she just started crying to see Doris sitting there singing those hymns. She just totally came alive. And so I, we did our hymns, and then I shared and that, and that. And at the end, I said, okay, so what do you guys think? What do you want to do in the future? And the one lady who was crying says, to see Doris singing like that and to see her come alive, this was awesome. And she said also, she says, I haven't been to a church service in years, and this was such a blessing to me. I loved it. And another guy who came said, I haven't been to church since I was eight years old. And the whole time that he's been there, I have been trying. He thinks that he was homeless, and then he broke his hip. He's just a few years older than me. And the whole time he keeps telling me, he says, I know I'm here because God's getting me. And I'm like, no, you are not here. God loves you. All that stuff is just passes away. Jesus just looks at you and just sees, he just sees a perfect. He just sees perfection. He just loves you. And I've just been trying and trying to breathe this into him. And he was just like, this is just so wonderful. And I asked the people, I says, what do you want me to do? I'm like, no, we want you to do this. So every Sunday, I come here to church. I take my notes. And then I go back there and I share it with them. <laughs> And even even last week, when um, pastor from the um, from the Seventh Day Adventist Church was here, and when he shared about how that we had this relationship between the Seventh Day Adventists and the Foursquare, and how he talked about how a lot of people in Seventh Day Adventists get caught up in legalism and everything, I'm like, I shared that too because. In that, those seven people there, I have Catholic, I have a Methodist, I have a Lutheran, I have someone who, you know, has never been to church before. 
And I shared that with them. And when I first said, I'm like, yeah, and this, you know, guy came today and prayed, you know, was our pastor. Our pastor was sick and he was Seventh-day Adventist. I went, oh, you know. And so I shared what he said. And they're like, you're right. And I says, we're all here because we love Jesus. And the amazing thing is, is that every week we just, we sit there and discuss it. It's more like a Bible study and that. But we discuss and we discuss how what they can do in there, how they can bless other people, how they can bless other people that are hurting. And our theme song, we call it as we sing, um, count my blessings, count them one by one. We sing that the last song. And then when we're done, everybody goes around and says their blessing that they have that week. And it's such a beautiful time. And it's like their faith their long-standing faith, and especially the faith of being totally locked away from everybody for the last six months, just breathes life into me. As much as I'm breathing life into them, I feel I'm getting more in return. And it's brutal working there. And this last week, I got the little bit of the kickback. I got turned into the head nurse for bringing some outside person into my church service. And my boss asked me, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Who would I bring in? So she went and got further confirmation. And the person, this other nurse, had said, I brought in a 101-year-old lady. Well, guess what? That was one of our residents. (laughs) And that 101-year-old lady is totally deaf. But she's so lonely. And she comes and she can sing. And like a choir director, when we start to sing a song, I just leave my hand up and down. And then she sings. And she sings along just perfectly. And yesterday when I went to work, it was probably the most brutal day of my life there. It was just one disaster after another. And it was really emotionally draining. And when I first got there, I found out that Doris, the lady with dementia that was leading our singing, she had died the day before. But the beautiful thing is, she's leading singing with Jesus. And I just was like, you know, this... She got this extra time to minister to other people. And now she's with Jesus. This is beautiful. Can we just praise the Lord and, and thank Lori for her faithfulness to God? Here, I'll take that from you. And would you just stretch out, would you stay over here saying, would you stretch out your hands towards Lori? Lord, we thank you for this ministry that you have right now, um, moving uh, in Lori, but through Lori. And so many of these people, Lord, what I heard as Lori was speaking, Lord, it was the word precious, that each person is precious to you, Lord, and that even when the world gives up on people, even when friends and relatives give up on people, you never give up on people. And God, that's probably one of the holiest, most sacred moments in all of this region happening every Sunday when that group gathers together, Lord. What a precious moment that is. Thank you, Jesus. Would you strengthen Lori today, Lord? We thank you. Uh, was it Doris? Was that her name? Doris. Lord, we thank you for Doris, that even now she is uh, bringing glory to you and worshiping your name. We thank you that Lori and Doris got to meet and sing and worship together. It was just a taste of what they'll be able to do, Lord, together again. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Can we just praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Exodus chapter 14. Maybe your smartphones, tablets, whatever you got. 
Exodus 14. Don't all go at once. There's not even a rustle of a paper happening right now. I'll do it for you. There we go. There we go. Exodus 14. Does anyone bring their Bibles to church anymore? Oh, way to go. We got one. Two points for you. All right. (laughs) So we're going to be in uh, Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. This is familiar. You've heard this before. There's a guy named Pharaoh. There's another guy named Moses. Pharaoh, he, he lets... His people go, right? It let's God's people go. But then it seems like Pharaoh has a change of mind. I don't know. Uh, it, he's now chasing the Israelites with the Egyptian army. But let's pick it up. Verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, there's those Egyptians. They're marching after them. And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, full of fear. And they said to Moses, this is so good. Is it because there are no graves in Egypt? that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us, Moses, in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Now they're giving uh, Moses a little lesson. Is this not what we said? We, we told you, Moses, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, say it with me, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. Keep reading with me. Which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Declare it. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord says to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Well, today we're calling a fall kickoff. It's an important day. It's an exciting day for us as a church. And so I was praying, what, what should I preach on? What, what, what would I preach on on a day that I'm going to call the fall kickoff? And the Lord gave us this passage specifically He gave us this word. The word is simply forward. Everyone say forward. Say it like it sounds like a good word. Forward. (laughs) You're like, forward, I guess we'll go forward. I don't know. I kind of want to just stay here. Forward. All right. Here we go. Man, you wish you would have stayed home today. Forward. And now, by the way, I just say this, not randomly forward. Like, it doesn't count if I just push you from behind and you trip and you kind of fall forward. Like, hey, Pastor, I'm moving forward. No, that doesn't count. I'm talking about intentionally purposefully, with meaning, with intentionality, with a purpose moving forward in the plans and purposes of God. That's what we're talking about today. So with that in mind, let's make it happen. Lori and everybody else, we're taking notes today. The first thing I want you to write down is this. The people complain. The people complain. Point one. (laughs) They complained to Moses, we should have stayed, right? It would have been better, they said. This is a quote, right? It would have been better for us to be slaves in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. From the very first bite of the forbidden fruit, humanity has been complaining. They've been complaining about God. They've been complaining about each other. Have you ever been married before? We're complaining to God. We're complaining to each other. We're just really good at it. Like, 
all of, all of us. Like, I, I know you. You're, we're good at complaining. But then you read the Old Testament. It's kind of encouraging, isn't it, that you're not the only one, right? A little bit, right? That uh, you read the Old Testament and, wow, like, God's people have been doing this for thousands of years. Like, uh, Rome, uh, Numbers, Book of Numbers, Chapter 11. Look, look at what happens. This is incredible. It'll shock you that God's people actually talk this way. Maybe it won't. Uh, we don't have any meat in Egypt. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> in Egypt, we could all, all eat all the fish we wanted. There were cucumbers. Oh, the cucumbers. <laughs> we had melons. We had onions. We had garlic. But verse 6, we're starving out here, and the only food we have is this manna. Later in this chapter, verse 10, this is what it says. The Israelites, I just want you to picture what this must look like. It probably doesn't take you too, too, too much to actually visualize what this looks like. But verse 10, it says, they actually were standing around their tents complaining. Just imagine what that looks like. Just each family, you know, you know tent by tent, just, just sitting there just kind of complaining. And, and if you read other parts of the chapter, in fact, you're, you're going to see that the Lord really doesn't like all this complaining. Uh, he, he's not a big fan. In fact, he's so angry about your complaining that it says his anger burned. His anger burned, but not just like in a like a in a like an ethereal like his anger is burning. It literally burned. It, if you read that chapter, it burned the outside of the camp to where it burned so much that they named that place. You know what they named it? They named it burning. That's what they called the place. Oh, what should we call it? Well, I don't know. It's everything burning. Let's call it burning. They called it burning. Why? Because the anger of the Lord burned against their complaining. Thinking about that this week, I, I made the decision, we'll see if it's good or bad, but I made the decision this last week to go back on Facebook. And I read your post. And this verse came to mind. <laughs> as God's people stood by their computers, as God's people stood by their smartphones, their tablets, complaining. We finally done it, church. We have finally done. We have invented the perfect outlet for all of our complaining. We call it social media. Amen. I get. An, I got an amen for that. Amen. But it's nothing new, right? Nothing new. We've been complaining for thousands of years. It's just now we've invented a really, really good way to do it. Now, if you remember, we've preached on this several times. Paul in Philippians two. Yes, I'm going there. Philippians two. Verse 14, Paul simply says, do everything without complaining and arguing. I'm not going to make you read it out loud with me. That would be mean. But you can read it. Do everything without complaining and arguing. You know why he wrote that? Because people were complaining and arguing. It's so funny in the Bible, like, you know why it's in there? It's because it's something that we probably as humans struggle with. He doesn't say don't be anxious about anything because we've never been anxious. Why is it there? Because we get anxious, and then he encourages you. He has to mention don't grumble and complain and argue. Why? Because that's just kind of our go-to. That's, that's where we go. We're really good at it. And so God gives us this word from Paul, do everything without grumbling and arguing or complaining. But you know what I love about Philippians? And don't you just love Philippians? I love the series that we did on Philippians. If you need an encouragement today, just read Philippians. take you about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, but when you read Philippians, God comes in. 
just with this better word over our lives. Have you noticed that? It's a better word for a better life. It's higher. It's more godly. It's more righteous. It's more loving. It's more kind. It's just a better word over our lives. It's a word that says, hey, you don't have to go into that pit, son or daughter of God. Like, you, you don't have to go there. I, I got something better for you. you no, know, I, I know you think you need to go there, but you don't need to go there. Anyone hearing me this morning? You think you need to go there. You don't need to go there. But then you don't understand, and maybe this is going to happen, or they're going to take over. And no, 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 you don't have to go over there. Don't jump into that pit, church. Remember who you are and whose you are. Remember who you are and whose you are. Jesus wants to lift you up of that pit. If that's you today, he's, he's, just, he's like, son, I got you. By my grace, I'm lifting you out. We're all tempted. We all go there. Every one of us complain and argue. But he wants to lift you to higher ground. He wants to lift you to higher ground, to actually be a child of God, to live like a child of God. Is anyone able to receive that today? You know how I know he wants you to live like a child of God? Because it's in the very next verse. Isn't that cool? Look at this. It's powerful. Do everything without grumbling and complaining or arguing. So that, so that, so there's a purpose to this church. Don't you love it? He's not just like some guy that's like, well, this is wrong and this is wrong. And he's not complaining about you. He's actually trying to lift you up. He says, hey, son or daughter, stop complaining. Stop arguing. So that, everyone say, so that. See, there's purpose and intentionality and meaning for your life. This isn't just about you being like a really good person and having a lot of good morals. No, there's purpose. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives. Oh, it just gives you goosebumps when you read the Bible sometimes. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights, like stars in a world that is full of crooked and perverse people. By the way, that's when we cheer and celebrate. Because that's who you are in Christ. Or have you forgotten? I want to read that again. Maybe you forgot. I'm just feeling that check in my spirit right now. Did you forget who you are, church? This is not a little church service. This is your life, your one and only life. Remember who you are. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. You live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Thank you, Melanie. Sounds a little bit like the world we're living in today, doesn't it? Crooked, perverse. And it's hard for so many reasons. It's hard. You got reasons for complaint. I get it. But no excuses, no pity parties. Do hard things, church. He says, I got better things for you, a better word for a better life. I got a better story that I want to write over your life, says the Lord. It's a story where instead of complaining, instead of arguing, you live clean. You live innocent lives. So you don't just survive, you thrive. You shine like a star, aren't you? Isn't it great to know that there's some people right now thriving in Jesus even as everything falls apart? That's what it means to be a Christian. When your enemy's chasing you, when everything around you is wrong, when you feel persecuted, and yet you still got the joy of the Lord, and you're even celebrating after they beat you up. That's the joy of being a Christian. You can't touch me. You can even take my life. I'm still with Jesus because nothing is separating me from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Anyone else besides me feeling that today? Hallelujah. Or what have we been preaching? Or what have you been listening to? 
Or what faith did you really have? This world is intense right now. It is crazy. But you're a child of God. And you can live innocent, clean lives today. You can smile. You can sing. You can dance. You can have joy. And it's not based on circumstances. It's not based on your situation. It's based that you were saved and rescued and delivered and set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. And nothing can take that away from you. That's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord. For 2,000 years now, Christians have been going into very dark, crooked, warped places full of the joy of the Lord. And it cost them some of their lives. I'm not going to tell you it was easy, but they went in there full of God. Because God had saved them and rescued them, and they wanted everyone to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That's your opportunity today, church. It's not an accident, by the way, that you're still on this earth today. There's plans and purposes for you. It's not just to try to kind of endure this season. Right now, in this season, God has fruitfulness for your life. You might not be able to fix it all. You might not be able to solve all the problems. But I would love to see each person here. And we got enough people here that in the end of six months or six years, we'd look back and go, you know what? There's still some problems in the world. But look at the fruitful season that LifeSpring Foursquare just went through. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Yes, it's messy. It's hard. And sometimes it feels exhausting. But that it would be fruitful. Fruitful for the kingdom of God. If you're struggling in this area, I just want to tell you right now, by God's grace, try again. If you've been complaining, by God's grace, try again. I know it's hard, but you got the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you. Or was that just a song? Or was that just a verse? Or is that the truth of who you are in Christ? The resurrection power. That's what the Bible says. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living inside of you. When was the last time you told yourself that? Even on faith, I just see Christians being so caught up in the spirit of the world. You have allowed yourself to get caught up in the spirit of the world. You have the spirit of Christ living inside of you. It is resurrection power. Nothing is going to stop the power of God. We say it every Sunday morning. By His divine power, we can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. By what? Not my power. In my power, I'm pretty weak. In my power, I'm pretty frail. But in His power, we can do more than we could even think possible. All by His power living in us. Is that who we are? That is who we are. Jesus Christ in us. The hope of glory. I want to encourage you today. Because it feels like some of the people I'm hanging out with, we're just on a slow march to our death. When I'm like, whoa, what happened? Or we got to write some different songs. Because everything we just sang about is alive then. Our God is not power and all those things. Or He is. And we change our countenance. And we change our attitudes. And we live for the good things of God and His kingdom. And we shine like stars. Shine like stars, church. Shine like stars. Shine like stars. You don't have to stay in that pit any longer. Let the Spirit encourage you today. So the first one is the people complain. second one is Moses encourages. Moses encourages. We read it out loud together, right? Stand firm. Fear not. Stand firm. Don't you love that? That's his response. Yes, the people complain. Yes, we've been doing it for thousands of years. 
But his response, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. If you're on Facebook today and you just heard that verse, you might want to just post that one up onto your Facebook post and encourage. Somebody needs to hear that word today. Fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord. He's going to fight for you today. Don't you love that, that Moses comes into their complaining and their pool of arguing and complaining? He encourages. He encourages. As a pastor, that's a part of my job. People complain, I encourage. So when you're mad or you're angry or you're upset or just having a bad day as your pastor, and I love my job, I, I love my job. My, my prayer is that I'm able to come in and speak in truth and love. I, I don't want to just lie to you, but I'll speak in truth and love. I'll try to encourage you to remember who you are and whose you are in Christ. I think you see that in Moses in this passage, right? He's reminding them of who they are. Fear not, stand firm. Why? Because you're God's people and the Lord's going to fight for you. Remember who you are and whose you are. This is an important word for us today, church. There's probably in your circle, and I I don't know what your life looks like, but there's probably... (laughs) environments that you're going to find yourself in that are going to feel a little thick in the complaint department, right? You're in in environments where you hear the arguing, you hear the complaining, and maybe that's at your work. Anybody ever experienced that at your work? Maybe it's on that Zoom. Maybe it's in school. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's at checkout aisle, you know, checkout number six at Safeway. Wherever it is, you, you probably are experiencing some of that complaining. In fact, I, I did experience that at Lowe's the other day, and I was six feet away, but uh, and I was glad I was six feet away. I, I was really ready to uh, not engage in that conversation because it is all around us. As followers of God, and this is my question for you, and I mean this, what are you going to do about it? In that moment, are you weak and frail and just getting beat up and tossed to and fro? Or are you a child of God who shines like a star? What are you going to do in that moment when people start complaining? I, I, I think my brother Doug always has told me this, and I'm so thankful for him. He always told me, Dan, you're way more powerful than you realize. And I want you to hear that too. With Christ in you, you are way more powerful than you realize. In that moment, in that situation, what you say, what you do, really, really matters. You know, one of my great passions in life is raising up leaders. Most of you guys know that. True leaders, true godly leaders, by the way, they rise above the complaining. They rise above it. True godly leaders, they will shine like stars in a warped and crooked generation. Because complaining, my mom used to say this all the time, complaining is easy, right? It takes no talent to complain. There's no spiritual gift of complaining. <laughs> it takes no skill. Uh, it takes no leadership ability. In fact, you don't even have to really think about it. Here, I'll teach you how to complain. Just open up your mouth and let it fly. <laughs> come on, complaining. like It's easy. But leaders rise above it. Leaders rise above it. That's what I love about the leaders here at Livestream. I think about my interns this summer. I think about Josiah. I think about 
Braden over there. I, I think about Ryan, our worship leader, or Kyla, or Laura, or my wife Mary, or Jesse Mendoza, or Jeremy Folsom, or Pete Wilma, or Marcy and Ray. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. They're, they find themselves in these conversations with people who are struggling. And again, normal people just having a hard time. People walking through difficult situations. And, and maybe they're grumbling a bit. But again, that's normal. You've got to kind of sit with people and they're grumbling because guess what? The next day it's going to be me grumbling. Like we all grumble. But as humans, we, we need to realize that what, what's beautiful about these leaders is they come in and they come in with grace. I, I, they've even done this in my own life. When I'll come in kind of grumpy, they just come in with grace, with humility, with this sensitivity, and they respond with encouragement. And what I really love about the leaders at LifeSpring is by the time you're done talking to them, they have always pointed you back to who? Back to Jesus. Praise the Lord for the leaders here at LifeSpring because they are reminding you what? Of who you are and whose you are. These leaders, they are reminding you to follow Christ, to be passionately in love with God and to love others. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? That's so powerful to me that our leaders here at LifeSpring, when you're stuck in that pit of complaining, they're going to encourage you to rise above it all. They're going to encourage you to be loving. They're going to encourage you to be filled with joy. They're going to encourage you to be a person of peace. Don't you want to be known as a person of peace? Someone who's patient and kind. Someone who's good, who's faithful. Someone who's gentle, a gentleness. And someone who's self-controlled. What did I just say? What is that? That's the list of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? They're going to encourage you to be a person of the Spirit. And that's who we are. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of us. And that His fruit would just show through us. His fruit would flow through us. I, I love that, by the way, about our leaders. But I also want to say this. That's what godly leaders do. That's what godly leaders do. No excuses no pity parties, do hard things. I want to encourage you, LifeSpring, be a leader. Be a leader. Be a leader in your school. Be a leader in your family, in the way you are a husband or the way that you're a father. Be a leader. Be a, la- a leader in that checkout line at Safeway. Be a leader in traffic on I-5 or 167. Be a leader, a godly leader on social media. You do not have to jump into the pit with the rest of the world. You're a star. You shine with brilliant light. The light of Christ lives in you. You rise above it. Be a leader who's all in. Be a leader who just has God's very best for people. Be a leader who would even point people to God's very best for them. Be a leader who would remind Christians who they are and whose they are. Remind people that, no, you are a new creation in Christ. No, you are a child of God and you were created to shine like a star. If you need help, if you need tools, uh, Kathy Ford, our very own Kathy Ford, has these amazing little booklets, and they're these recipes for successful living. It's verse after verse after verse to encourage you. Maybe you need that encouragement yourself, or maybe you need to encourage someone around you. You know that they're stuck in the pit, and they don't know how to get out. Go to our Welcome Center. Grab one of these little packets and give it to them and encourage them. Be a leader. So the people complain. Moses encourages, and then write this down. Verse or number three, and we'll end with this. God commands. God commands. The people complain. Moses encourages. And God commands. Go forward. The Lord says to Moses, verse 15. Why do you cry 
to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And we know what happens next, right? Moses raises up the staff, stretches out his hands over the sea, divides. The Israelites go forward. They're saved. They're rescued. But what I love about verse 15 is that often the sermon stops at verse 14. Anyone else notice that? In fact, like one of the very first sermons I ever preached, guess where it stopped? Verse 14. And it was a pretty good sermon, right? And it's the truth, right? The Lord's going to fight for you. You only have to be silent. Amen. That's the truth. God fights the battle, even with the Egyptians in this context. That's what you see. God's the Savior. God's the rescue. God's the deliverer. God's the one who brings all of those things. Amen. God fights for us, period. But how often we stop there without reading the very next verse. And the next verses are so important. The book continues. Why do you cry out to me? Maybe we don't like this part. I don't know. But why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Stretch out your hands, Moses. The water's going to divide, Moses. And my people are going forward. And this is a very important spiritual concept for us to understand today, Life Spring, that God is the one who saves us. Like, track with me here. God is the one who fights for us. But we still have a part to play. Does that make sense? God, right? What does God do? God is delivering his people from slavery. God has taken them out of Egypt. But Moses has to raise his hands to see the water divide. God, yes, God, he is snatching his people out of the hands of Pharaoh. But the people, they're the ones who literally have to move their feet forward. Go forward. They have to walk forward. He says, why are you crying out to me? Go forward. Some of you need to hear that today. Some of you need to hear that today. This is a word that's led my wife and I through this season, our staff, so many LifeSpring leaders here through this season. It's a challenging season. I can't tell you how many times though Mary and I will just, after getting an email or a text, you know the ones I'm talking about, and we'll just kind of look at each other and we'll give each other that smile and just say, you know what, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. So we've tried to do that in all areas in regards to COVID. I think we were one of the first churches to do the drive-in service. We were one of the first churches to be in the building. We've done the next level classes. We've been doing worship nights. We've even done worship nights on Facebook, right, the 70s and the 80s. We've even done, uh, I love the uh, women's ministry over Zoom that we did back in the spring. We uh, we even did a drive-in movie night Sunday night, which I wish I would have been there. But how awesome is that? It's what? Answering a call from God to keep moving forward. Yes, he's the deliverer. Yes, he's the one who rescues. Yes, he's the one who brings salvation. Yes, God is fighting for you. He's setting you free, but you still have a part to play. Are we okay with that today, church? Are we okay that we have a part to play? And and again, my wife and I, that's been our mindset regarding COVID. It's been our mindset in this area of uh, racism and racial inequality that many of you have squirmed every time I even talk about it. But we're just saying we're moving forward. It's been our mindset during this season. We're training up new pastors. You're going to see new people licensed to be pastors coming out of COVID. Praise the Lord. You're going to see that we've developed new curriculum. We've developed new classes, new programs. It's been our mindset in regard. We're planting a church, praise the Lord, in Fredrickson. It's why we're having a new uh, a membership meeting in a couple of weeks. We've got to talk about what does God want to do over the next 20 years. Church, because we're moving forward. We're moving forward. And yes, it's been hard. 
But I want to be really, really honest with you. It's also been so full of joy. So much joy. It's been one of the most productive seasons of ministry we have ever had. I mean, have you been here lately? There's so much joy in this place. There's so much life in this place. We have a, we probably have in this moment in the history of life spring more fully committed, awake, and all-in believers of Christ than maybe we have ever had in our 20-year history. Listen to, uh, again, our Adventist friend, Pastor Jesse. He, he, uh, he came home and he texted me, and this is what he said about you guys. He said, LifeSpring is a place where the Spirit lives, man. Fire emoji. Dude, the Spirit is so tangible with you guys. It's genuine love for Jesus. I want to say that again. Do we have that, Rich? I even, I, I have the fire emoji and everything. LifeSpring is a place where the Spirit lives, man. Fire emoji. Dude, the Spirit is so tangible with you guys. It's genuine love for Jesus. That's you, church. That's you. That's Christ in you. That's the Spirit of resurrection living inside of you. That is the Spirit that brings dead things and brings them back to life. That's God in you. You answering the call of God in your life to move forward. So the people complain, Moses encourages, God commands, go forward. And church, I'm proud of you. That's what you're doing. That's what we're doing. But I want you to consider as I close just what that looks like in your own life. How and where is God telling you maybe to get out of the pit? How and where is God telling you to stop complaining? But how and where is God calling you to encourage others to also maybe stand firm and trust in the Lord? and change to truly have the spirit and attitude of Christ. But also, where is God calling you to go forward? Where is God calling you to go forward? Again, it's when the enemy is in pursuit that the Lord calls you to go forward. Don't wait till after the storm. It's in the middle of the storm that often God says, go forward. Because church, we're moving forward. God is on the move. And I want you to be with us. I want you to be with us. So I want to pray for you and then I think we have something kind of fun here for the next 15 minutes, but uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for this group of people. I just feel it, Lord. It, it's as if I was on a battlefield and I see people that are feeling very broken and beat up today. And yet, Lord, it's in our wounds that you are able to do such beautiful work. It's in the ashes that you are able to bring such beautiful things. I thank you, God, that it's even in our broken places where your light is going to shine the brightest. God, would you remind us of who we are today in you, Jesus? Lord, there is a spirit of the world that has just kind of ransacked some of the lives in here today. And I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that that would be done. That would be done. That whatever foothold the enemy thought he had in these people's lives would be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Any area, any territory that the evil one thought he had in anyone in this place, whether they're on Facebook or in the sanctuary today, it would be broken off right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, God, that we are yours. We're your children. We're new creations in Christ. And we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. And by your Spirit, we move forward into all you've asked us to say and do. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.